Warning, warning, per idiots are reading the SCP files, no very intercoms. Please cover your ears and await further instructions. Hello, welcome back to the podcast Discovering SCP. It's me. Hey guys. Oh, oh sorry, go ahead. It's me, Tanhini, and this is my friend, Darnell. It's me, Darnell. What were you going to say? Though? Um, so you guys don't know this before we started recording. Uh, Dan Honey said he had to get some water no. and he took a while. So I asked him why did it take so long. And he said I had to go to the toilet. And I was like, that's where you get your drinking water from? Um, Gross. Am I right? Okay. So I've been taking some opinion polls from our viewer base. And it seems people respect me has gone down since you started saying this stuff. So uh, just sort of um, let's put a pin in that for now. We'll return to that after the recording. Uh, but welcome back to <laughs> the SCP podcast, Discovering of SCP. Let's go. So, Darnell. Yes. How many we have today, buddy? Why don't you tell me? How the fuck would I know? Let's guess. It'll be a bit of fun for the viewers. They four. Love it. Count them. Four SCPs. He's done it. He's only gone and done it. It's always four, three, or five. Oh. Well, yeah, so it could have been one of the other 33 chance and you made it so yes we have four count them four well you have three normal scps and one scp 001 proposal oh is it yours it is not but coincidentally if you are listening to this this is also the day i posted my second uh 001 proposal which uh looking right now is at plus 38 so it's uh been up oh, wow. hours, so it's doing quite well over so far this guy had so little confidence in his first proposal that he made another one. Well, he was He's like, two no, years the, apart, so... The first one can't be right. It has to be this one. I, I was totally wrong with that theory. There is no rule saying I cannot write another one. I know, but I just like... Because you write them from the perspective of, like, the chef, right? So he's just like, no, sorry. That thing I said two years ago, that was stupid. Fuck it. This thing. Now, this is the new hot shit. This is the real one. <laughs> So, let's stop advertising for Tanhani, which is, of course, is the central mission statement of the podcast. And... <laughs> I like that. And let's get to the first SCP on our list. Let's do it! Let me get the link for you, my friend. That is I SCP-1269. SCP-1269, <laughs> the last thing you want in your Burger King burger. This is, is SCP-1269, the Stalker Mailbox. That's the name. Oh, that's that's actually interesting. Yes, and this is, right. by, is a collaborative article, I believe, between Wilt and Zinn. Hi, Wilt and Zinn. Also, this is the first Euclid we've had in a hot minute. We've had a lot of safes and ketters. Yeah, being <laughs> popping from one extreme to the other. But yeah, let's, so uh, this will be interesting. Let's put our hands back in this lukewarm water. Let's go. Item number SCP-1269. Object class Euclid. Special containment procedures. The property where SCP-1269 is located is to remain under the custody of the Foundation. No females 23 years of age or over are to enter the property except for testing purposes. That's called discrimination. And I don't want this in my SCP pump. One male researcher is to reside within the property under the guise of the current resident, and it's to monitor the behavior of SCP-1269. Very oh, simple. so they don't, like, have it in a cage. They just have it at a normal house and pretend one of the scientists is the owner. <laughs> it's kind of funny to me. 
Yeah, so it's pretty simple containment procedures there. It's only a few lines, but... Uh... Yeah. A lot a lot more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For a Euclid, someone who might try to break out, they're a lot more lax than I would have expected. No walls, mm. no, no, like, sort of fail-safe electric fence or, like, secret team watching it in case. Just like, oh, you just pretend you live at a house. Very lax for a yeah. Euclid. Well, I'll see where we go with that. So okay. description. SCP-1269 is a black aluminium curbside mailbox possessing a red flag and a white plastic post. I'm sorry, could you say that word again? Uh, mailbox. No, the one before curbside. Oh, black. No, the one after black and before curbside? Aluminium. Where's Where's the second Where's the second I in there? Mystery, isn't it? SCP-1269 <laughs> stands 1.3 meters tall, with a mailbox measuring 49.5 centimeters by 15.2 centimeters by 17.7 centimeters, consistent with the two T2 mailbox size in the United States. The Makes number sense. 123 is printed on the right side. It lacks any manufacturer's marks and has minor dents and abrasions, suggesting the object has been present on the same property for some time. Due to, due to the nature of its effects, the object is permanently located in blank Massachusetts, in front of house number blank on blank avenue. It's anomalous Ocean pro- Avenue. <laughs> its anomalous properties will manifest only when a single female, 23 years or older, hereafter referred to as the occupant, resides within the same property as SCP-1269. So at least it doesn't go after minors or college girls. That's nice. Approximately two weeks after the occupant moves in, SCP-1269 will start to manifest unaddressed letters every four days. The contents of the letter are romantic in nature and are targeted towards the occupant of the house. <laughs> Simbox, Simbox. Surveillance within SCP-1269 has shown the letters manifest approximately three seconds after the occupant's mail has been delivered. Exactly three weeks after the appearance of the first letter, its secondary and all properties will manifest. Letters will begin appearing daily, with contents becoming increasingly more obsessive and erratic, until the point that letters regress into single sentences. In some occasions, multiple letters will appear within SCP-1269. Additionally, when not under direct supervision of the occupants, it will teleport to a location near the occupant and face them. This location will be partially obstructed, such as behind windows, cracked doors, and shower curtains. Oh my god, you're taking a shower to see the shadow of a mailbox. <laughs> it's like, this, what was that movie where the guy stabs the girl in the shower, but it's the fucking mailbox? Scream. Psycho, Scream, even. But he, no, he's not screaming, Psycho. He, I've lost all yeah, my Yeah, Psycho, and he's, and he's stabbing you with the fucking, the red flag thing you stick up. <laughs> oh god. Under special circumstances, such as during sleep or when obscured by darkness, it will teleport near the occupant without obstruction. That's creepy tell. Whether or not the occupant relocates it, the object will continue to teleport between a range of one to five times every twelve hours. It will not follow the occupant off the property, and all anomalous properties will cease manifesting after the occupant has either moved or expired. I assume expired means died. Yeah. Attempts to remove SCP-1269 from its location have so far been unsuccessful. It will teleport to its original curbside location after one hour of relocation. See, if that's the case, that makes me think it's more of a safe than a Euclid, because it's not going to try to leave its containment. Mm. I guess just the fact that it can teleport makes it a Euclid, yeah, but... Yeah, I guess so. So, if attempts are made to replace it with a new mailbox, the mailbox will be teleported away with SCP-1269 appearing <laughs> in its place. <laughs> Approximately three hours after the disappearance of the new mailbox, it will reappear in a dumpster 25 kilometers away behind an abandoned Walmart franchise. <gasps> oh god, he's, he's killing them! 
Mailbox <laughs> is recovered so far have all been found in various amounts of repair, disrepair within garbage bags and covered in painted on words and phrases. Addendum oh. SCP-1269-A. On 7-1204, D-69124, a male, was moved onto the property with the current test occupants, D-72803, after seven weeks had passed. It stopped teleporting at this time. Three days later, the D-691 disappeared from the property, causing SCP-1269 to resume all anomalous behavior. Okay, so if there's a man on the property, then it won't bother her. Hmm. Well, Kinda interesting. well the D-class just disappeared, so... So, two weeks after disappearance, the second D-class was found in similar location as other replacement mailboxes. Subject was found within a large garbage bag with severe bruising and lacerations, apparently fatal blow to the head, and a lack of hands and lips. Oh, so it definitely does stuff and kills any men it's jealous of. Yeah, see documents SCP-1269-B for recorded phrasing. See, that's terrifying because they say there's one guy that lives there, right? Unless they're testing. But does that mean, like... Once a girl enters, that guy's marked for death, or does he have to leave first and then the girl moves mm, in? I'm not sure. So, shall we go through right, these so... notes? Sure. Let's do so, A and then B. Yeah. So, just cram I below us. Do you want to do uh, ping pong with us? Sure, sure. Just say yeah. uh, popcorn or ping pong or yeah. whatever when you ask. Yeah, which. every time we do it, it's going to be a different word. So, describe below are several letters delivered to D871523. Who temporarily resided with the property for testing. So I'll start this off. <clears throat> I remember the day, the hour, the infinitesimal sliver of a second when I fell in love with you. Realized I loved you and only you. The moment my heart stopped and I lived for you alone. Perhaps it was the way you carried yourself on the tired days. Perhaps it was the way your eyes shone when a transient beauty crossed your path. Would you understand how I longed to be that butterfly dancing on the afternoon breeze? That small flower struggling through sidewalk cracks? That passing swan-like cloud in the sky? How I longed to be anything that would catch your eye and move your smile? You pass by me each day, never spurring me more than a glance. But for me, it is enough to carry me until the next day. As I will wait to next catch a glimpse of you and your unearthly beauty. Your charming laugh and graceful step. I love the way you dance whenever you walk. I love the way you tilt your head towards the sun. I love everything about you. I love you. This is how Tan talks to real life women. Uh, no. Yes. This yeah. is when he's still romantic. Yeah, it's, Before uh, he gets creepy. Now it is you. How could anyone describe one as perfect as you? vision of elegance and loveliness. Every action of yours I've observed is embodied in the fragility and delicacy of a twirling snowflake, and yet you waltz into eternity with the softest of motion, and perfect rhythm with the air in the world. You are beautiful. Every step, every pause, every breath of yours is a masterwork of the divine. Your presence brightens the world with a light that cannot be compared. You are the flower that nature cannot hope to match. From Chad Thundercock. So I'll do the next two ones just because they're shorter. Okay. The color of your eyes reminds me of the depth and expanse of the night sky. A vast, dazzling microcosm of soft velvet and glimmering pinpricks of light. And then? Do you sing in the shower? If so, I've heard you. Such a tenderly beautiful voice matches its owner. 
I think of you and nothing but you as the day flows by. I yearn for a faint shimmer of your face as everything darkens. Next, the wind was blowing and I thought it would whisper your name sadly because that is what my heart is doing. Please write back. Is it me now? Yeah. Sorry, I thought we were doing two at a time now. Yes, yes. I keep thinking of the way your hair shines softly in the evening lights, as if each strand is a shaft of purest moonbeams. Please write. I love the please writes at the end, because it's like every guy on Twitter or whatever, ever. The trees drop their leaves and cry with me as I stand here alone without you. Please write, XOXOXO. My shadow grows longer, as if reaching towards you. Please write, XOXOXO. I miss the light in your eyes and the harmony of your voice. Please write XOXOXO. Have they ever tried having the girl write back by sticking the letter in the mailbox? I'm not sure. So, And then we have uh, Dash B here, which is various phrases written on mailboxes disposed of by SCP-1269. Oh, God. Again, we'll do two each year. She's mine, she's mine, she's mine, she's mine. You can't have her. She's mine, she's mine. Fuck you, you pile of plastic and wood. She is my everything. You are nothing to her. It was a fling, and I know it. I'm doing her a favor. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't have her. No, no, no. I won't let you. No, no, no. Who cares if your flag is bigger than mine? I know she doesn't care. She only sees the good in people, and you're full of shit, you fucker. I know she loves me. It's okay, baby. It's okay. I love you too, and we'll be together forever and ever. You are nothing but a tool for her use, but I am more. I am her everything, as she is mine. She used you, she used you, she used you, and she used you. I know where you belong. And this oh is my god, this one. Class. <laughs> this is what he wrote on the D class. What is a man but a pile of shit that gets in the way of my love? How can she ever love you when you're so easily broken? She never even let you touch her. I saw the way she looked at you with hatred. Now she will love me forever. Please write. <laughs> Alright, so. Very interesting. Hmm. Um, I like this article. It's clever. It's funny. Um, it's also interesting, but I I want to only give it a seven out of ten because I feel like it lacked a couple of things that really would have made it come out and shine. Okay. I feel like if they had done some experiments, like having the woman write back and seeing the effect, if its affection was reciprocated, like if it would get even crazier, if it would calm down. I think seeing what would happen if someone tried to damage it instead of just moving it, not necessarily break it. Because um, it did say it had abrasions on it, but I wonder if how it would react to like, a guy beating on it. Um, mm. Just various little things like that I feel like could have really turned this up to an 8 or 9, but it was still pretty good. I liked it. Right, okay. So uh, I would sort of agree with you there, but this is one of my ones I personally like, so yeah. Yeah. I bet you personally like it because it's one of the few SCPs we've read that has less upvotes than yours. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm so mean to you for no reason. I'm so mean to you for no reason. I see. I see. I see. It's so. I'm so sorry. Let's see what the next uh, (laughs) next SCP is. Hmm. Looks like it's your demise, Darnell. So it's uh, SCP-1861, and this is by my good friend Pepper's Ghost. Who? Pepper's Ghost. Who's Pepper? Like Pepper the Pig or Pepper? Pepper. Pepper. P-E-P-P-E-R. Okay. So, uh, we have oh, I love his profile. It's like a little lollipop head. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Is he still active? Do you hang yeah. out with him? Me and we talk. Oh, God, yeah, he edited this article February 22nd, 2020. Yeah, so, and this is called The Crew of the HS, HMS Wintersheimer. Wasn't that the thing that, like, 
All right, I'm about to show how ignorant I am, but wasn't there wasn't there a similar name thing like a zeppelin that blew up? That was the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg, and this is the HS HMS Wintersheimer. Wintersheimer. So let's get into it. Yes. So item number SCP-1861, object class Keta. Special containment procedures: If a manifestation of SCP-1861 is reported. Task force agents from the nearest Foundation outpost to, to reroute traffic away from the affected area and prevent civilian interaction with SCP-1861-B instances. A separate team must be deployed with the specific task of locating and preventing access to SCP-1861-A. Okay, so this is a, a, another two for SCP. Mm. We've started seeing these a lot more since we entered Season 2, ones that have A and B. Yeah, they were in components. Season 1 as well, but they seem to be more common. Mm. So, as Dash B instances cannot be destroyed with brute force, diplomatic means of preventing civilian abduction should be undertaken if at all possible. Foundation misinformation agents positioned in local news sources and weather monitoring sites are to attribute SCP-1861 to irregularities in air pressure and large quantities of dust present in stormwater. Civilians who enter Dash A are to be declared legally dead, with causes of death attributed to common inclement weather accidents. Okay, so this one's interesting because unlike most SCPs where it's a consistent presence, even if it teleports around, this is something that just manifests and unmanifests. Uh, I don't know if at will is the right word, but um, on its own, so you can't really contain it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, by looking at the pictures, it looks like uh, Dash A is a boat and Dash B looks like a man in a diving suit of some sort. Yeah. Okay. Just some early thoughts. So description, SCP-1861 is an anomalous meteorological phenomenon characterized by heavy precipitation and fog composed of salt water, human blood, and human cerebrospinal fluid. I want to look up what cerebrospinal fluid looks like. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to get grossed out. It's the All I'm getting is diagrams. Yeah, it's Not the stuff any inside real the spine, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, grody. So, SCP-1861 manifestations are unpredictable, appearing spontaneously and with no regard to an affected area's natural climate and weather patterns. Manifestations typically occur once every three to six months and have been recorded occurring in numerous regions across the world. Historical records have confirmed that SCP-1861 has existed since as early as the year 1916. The size of the area covered by SCP-1861 varies from instance to instance, with the largest recorded effective area measuring approximately 5 kilometers squared. Aside from its manifestation, composition, and apparent connection to Dash A, SCP-1861 displays no additional extra-normal properties. So Dash Interesting. So the boat and ship itself, are, or sorry, the boat and the suit itself aren't necessarily anomalous, but just the things it brings with it are. But here begs the question, is it the, the SCP that's summoning the storm, or is it the creepy storm that summons the SCPs? Hmm. So let's see. So Dash A is a single underwater marine vessel that closely resembles B-class boats used by the British Royal Navy in World War One. Oh, so you're familiar with those. Yeah, I live on this. So during each SCP-1861 <laughs> manifestation, Dash A will attempt to surface in a body of water that is large enough to contain its full mass. Both natural and man-made bodies of water have hosted manifestations of Dash A. If no body of water large enough to contain the entirety of Dash A is present, it will surface in any collection of water with a surface area large enough to encompass its conning tower and topmost platform, even if the collection of water in question is only several inches deep. Interesting. There's a shark in my soup. <laughs> I was just thinking of that. 
Dash B are humanoid entities that emerged from Dash A during the SCP-1861 phenomenon. Dash B are dressed in full body suits resembling deep sea diving gear, although with no discernible source of air supply. Instances of Dash B are uniform in size and possess speed and strength typical to an adult human male. Although most instances are sapient and capable of speech, approximately 9% possess limited intelligence and are only sentient. What's the difference between sentient and sapient again? I'm not 100%. I know humans are sapient and most other animals aren't, if I'm right. Yeah, sentient is able to perceive or feel things, and I think sapient is... Uh, sapient is wise or attempting to appear wise. Mm. Okay, so it's just only 9% of them can actually feel and perceive things. Instances that are incapable of verbal communication have been recorded making vocalizations similar to the cries of domestic felines, canines, and infant humans. The diving gear worn by Dashby instances is anomalously durable and cannot be removed except by the instance presently wearing it. If an instance of Dashby... Oh, hold up, and it lied earlier. It said there's no anomalous properties to 1861 aside from the storm. Well, the storm is 1861. Right. So, but apart from the fact else... that it's a weird storm, it doesn't do anything else weird. I see. Sorry, you. Yeah. although most in, uh, instances that are ca- incapable of verbal communication? Yeah, so verbal instances that. No, we were at anomalously yeah. durable, yeah. sorry. If an instance of Dash B encounters a human subject, it will attempt to persuade the subject into entering Dash A, claiming that this action will be in the subject's best interest. Subjects who refuse may or may not be forcibly taken to Dash A, depending on the temperament of the Dash B instance. Human subjects learned into Dash A will re-emerge during subsequent 1861 manifestations as Dash B instances. If a Dash B instance is taken outside 1861's area effects, it will begin to experience accelerated fatigue and lose consciousness, becoming completely inert until reintroduced into 1861. After a manifestation of SCP-1861 has ended, Dash A will disappear along with any remaining instances of Dash B. Uh, with a footnote here, similar phenomena observed in 3300, but no causal links have been found. So that's just sort of that little SCP with some um, similarities there, I guess. Mm-hmm. So additionally, blood, cerebrospinal fluid, and salt water left behind by 1861 will instantly convert to regular rainwater. Here's what's interesting. A couple of notes. Mm. So... You become a Dash B instance when you are kept under the boat. Mm. Uh, and that means a couple of things. One, I imagine at some point it gets too full of people, right? Right. So I wonder how that works when they have to knock people off. Two, um, they say that like you go, you get fatigued and lose consciousness until you're reintroduced. But like, if you're a part of the SCP are you the- and you're like not really human, are you theoretically immortal that way, I wonder? I guess they said this thing only started appearing in 1916, so I guess the tests haven't gone on long enough to really confirm or deny that. But that's another interesting idea. Because they do mention you're better off on the ship, and I wonder if that's why. If there's some instance of, like, the ship keeps you alive. Right, yeah. I also wonder where the cerebrospinal fluid comes into play. Like, the blood, you know, that's that's common when people are dying or people around. That's a, that's a fairly staple mystery thing. But the cerebrospinal fluid is very specific. That's interesting to me. Okay, well, let's, there's two interview logs here, so let's see if they sort of clear anything up. Yes. Okay, so the interview... Oh, who do you want to be? Can Sorry. I be the Dash B? Sure. So the Dash B, the interviewed here is the instance of Dash B claiming to be a member of the ship's crew, and the interviewer is D181136. 
this evening. Oh, that's interesting. They named him after after mm. the SCP they're studying. So receiving questions from Dr. Clutch via remote broadcast. So the D-Class was sent into an 1861-affected area and instructed to interview a Dash-B instance. Heavy rain can be heard throughout the interview, and Dash-B's speech is muffled by the diving gear it's wearing. We're not going to replicate that, because that'd be obnoxious. Hello! (laughs) Who are you? Samuel Ramsey of the HMS Winterheimer. We're evacuating the area. Please, you've got to come with me. You're in danger out here. War. What's going on? I don't have any way to prove this, but I can tell you right now that you're going to die very soon unless you come with me. And that's not a threat, it's a warning. Something really, really terrible is about to happen here. What? What's going on? What's going to happen? Listen, you've got to trust me on this. When this rain stops, you're going to die. I'm not kidding, you're going to die unless you follow me back to our submarine. You'll be safe there. Wait a minute. Time out. Uh, we, they proved in the article that's not true, right? It just becomes rainwater. Hmm. Uh, just tell me what's going to happen after the rain stops. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Draw me. I, look, I know this is going to sound insane, but this isn't regular rain. It's not from this world. There's another world, a horrible world, and it's leaking into this one. Don't look at me like that. You can see for yourself that it isn't normal rain. It's thick. It's red. Please, you just have to trust me. I'm begging here. I'm trying to save your life. I've seen what happens to people after this raid. I'm trying to save you from that. Just come with me and I swear we'll both survive this. What kind of world is it? How long has this been happening? Listen, I want to help you. I swear I do. But if you won't believe me, I have no choice but go look for someone else who'll come with me. I'm truly, truly sorry, but I just can't stand here arguing with you when there are other people out there I could be trying to save. End log. So that's interesting, because the article did prove people don't die after this, right? Or no else men- would have wrote No about. mention of that, I can say. Um, you know what also is interesting to me? Mm-hmm. They Now, this is a, a hard headcanon stretch of... And don't take this as an ego stroke, but... Um, right. They mentioned another world, and they mentioned like the whole blood and cerebrospinal fluid. The first thing that came to my mind was, in your whole SCP, the world where like there's the greater one that eats, eats humans... Oh. It just made me think of that. Maybe like they're trying to escape that guy, so they like teleport in small instances over here or something. Mm. I don't know. Just a very weird connection my brain made. Okay, well, let's see what we can find out from the uh, second interview. So interviewed an instance of Dash B claiming to be Dean eighteen sixty one forty six. So a different D class here. So the interviewer oh. is Dash forty five, receiving questions from Doctor Clutch via remote broadcast. Forward. 45 and 46, adult males of roughly 30 years of age, had both been sent into a previous manifestation of 1861. During that time, 45 was instructed to avoid contact with Dash B instances, and 46 was instructed to enter Dash A. Heavy rain can be heard throughout the interview, and Dash B's speech is muffled by the diving gear it's wearing. So here, this I really like, because this is normally something that I would be like, I wish they had gone over this, but this SCP went to the detail to send one of their guys and have them try to communicate with that specific guy again. Hmm. I think that's creative. <clears throat> How do I know that you're really Sal? I can tell you the code word is RD. Is that proof enough? <laughs> is that RD? <laughs> it proves you got his memories, at least. So what happened after you went inside the sub? The inside of the sub is pretty much just one long, narrow passageway. The thing was full of those diamond suit people, along with a bunch of random folks from around town. It was jam-packed in there, you could barely move, you just kept getting pushed further and further back as more people entered. 
deeper I got, the more certain I was that I hit a wall at the end. But it was like that passage where it just kept stretching on forever. About an hour after I first entered, people started coming, stopped coming in and the hatch was closed. Then, without any warning, the subs started filling up with water. Wait, they tried to drown you? I don't know, man. The water just kept rising higher and higher. People were screaming and panicking and knocking each other over. It was awful. The guys in the diving suits tried to keep everyone calm, explained as part of safety procedures. They gave out diving suits to the rest of us and ordered us to put them on. So we did. I mean, what choice did we have? People who brought their kids and pets were cramming them into the suits just to keep them from drowning to death. Makes sense. So I guess you were all trapped down there for a whole another six months until the next blood rain thing happened. Well, actually, we didn't have to wait very long at all. That's when things started getting really weird. Once everyone had the diving suits on, they opened the airlock and started letting people leave the sub. What? Yeah, we were told not to take the suits off yet, though. They told us that when we got out the sub, we wouldn't be able to breathe without our suits and that everyone we left behind on land would be dead. When I first stepped out onto the surface, everyone looked, everything looked almost exactly like it had an hour ago. I saw the lakes, the trees, the boathouses. Everything was where it had been, but... What? Had something changed? It's hard to explain. I want to say that it was like everything was underwater, but it was more than that. It was like everything around us was part of the water itself. When you looked up, you didn't see a surface. It just went from forever. And the trees, the boathouses, they weren't solid. They were just a different sort of liquid. Even when you stood on the ground, it was kind of like you were swimming in it because the ground was liquid. Except you didn't actually have to swim. And even though everything was water, you could still tell there was a lake there. As if the lake was a purer form of liquidness. Sorry, am I making any sense at all here? Not a whole lot, no. Hey, Dr. Clutch wants to know how long you guys were out there like that. And the whole six months. We lived like that day and night. Did anyone try taking their suits off? Well, of course. Especially at first, since everyone was confused and scared. But as soon as someone took their helmet off, the body sort of... I think dissolved would be the best word for it. They weren't solid anymore. They kind of turned into a mist and merged with the water that was all around us. They lost their shape, but you could still tell they were there, shapeless and floating. Oh god, that's what the mist is. <laughs> How did you guys eat? We didn't. Didn't sleep either. We just breathed. Passed the time by exploring and talking to each other. Did you see any animals or other people? Kind of. We'd see their bodies. They'd float three or four feet off the ground, and their hair and fur would move like it does when it's underwater. But they always kept their position. Didn't drift away or anything like that. Really, really weird over there, man. And all the dead things, humans and animals, were missing their eyes. Blood would just keep pumping non-stop from the sockets, then dissipate into the water around them. And the teeth, I can't just say the teeth were gone, because that doesn't begin to cover it. It was like someone took the bite out of their face right where their mouth should have been. Teeth, lips, gums, all gone. And no explanation from anyone. What did the guys who had led you into the sub have to say about this? Well, a lot of them said they had the same story we did. The blood room came, then someone in a suit told them to climb to the sub, but then bam, water world. There was this one guy, though. He said he was... Wait, time out. So this interview, he's not... He doesn't see the water world around him right now, right? Mm, well, I no. Okay. There was this one guy, though. He said he was the original captain of the sub. Herschel Guthrie of the HMS Winsheimers was how he introduced himself. Anyway, the guy was a loony one. Rarely if I spoke coherently. If you asked him about the sub, he'd call it his Ark. If you asked him about the water place, he'd call it the New World. What did he say about the people with missing eyes and teeth? 
well, he just said, the washer of eyes and batter of teeth deem them worthy, and crazy talk like that. How do you wind up back in the real world? Well, it was pretty sudden, actually. One day, a bunch of guys started yelling for everyone to make their way back to the submarine, said that another area was getting attacked, and we needed to rescue as many people as possible. Alright. Weird water dimension, mangled floating corpses, infinite submarine. Got all that, Dr. Clutch? Great. But now why haven't you taken off that suit already, Sal? Silence. Sal? I'm scared, man. I don't know what's real anymore. Hell, I can't say for sure if I'm even really alive. You have these diving suits that wander around, moving like people, but barking like dogs and talking like toddlers. We aren't what we used to be before we put on the suits. I I'm sorry, man. I don't understand very much of this, but given what I do know, I honestly don't think that we're human anymore. Uh, Dr. Clutch says you've got to take off the suit for science and all that. Sorry, I got lost for a second. <laughs> no response for 15 seconds. I'm just so scared. If I'm not human, then what am I? If I take this helmet off, what will I see? Before, when we were in that storm together, the guys in the suits told us that we'd die as soon as the rain stopped. And you know what? During the time I spent in that water place, I found you. Teeth missing and eyes gone. I saw your dead body. And I thought, maybe those guys are right. Maybe they really is dead. And here you are in front of me. I don't get it. I, I don't know what's real, man. That's... Well, what else are you going to do? Get back into the sub and live in SeaWorld the rest of your life? Who knows? Maybe it's not too late to get back to normal. If I were you, I'd think death would be better than whatever kind of hell you're stuck in. Just take off the suit already. Okay. Here it goes. And luck. Closing statement. Dash B removed its helmet and large amounts of seawater began to pour from the suit. No body was found inside, but two human eyes and a set of teeth were recovered from within the diving suit. Testing performed on remains revealed that the eyes originally belonged to an eight-year-old female and the teeth to a European red deer. And that's the what? ending. This is honestly a banger SCP for a variety of reasons. Highly detailed... Great testing logs that answer questions the reader would have on the first read-through. Uh, the mystery and the suspense it leaves you with of what's going on, too, that gives you so much room for imagination. I hope there are tales about this. This yeah, is really, really, really cool. That's a 10 out of 10 article. Yeah, Pepper's Ghost writes a lot of bangers. I feel like it. this deserves way more than 548 likes. Really mm. good. Wow, how is this not one of the big SCPs everyone talks about? I think that series one is the ones that get most talking about, I guess, because there's all the games oh, and stuff. Yeah. That's a shame, though. This is really... This could be a game on its own. It kind of reminds me of that, uh, the Oberdin. Mm, there's a bit of a Bioshock feeling to it as well. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So what, what would you rate that? I, I already told you, 10 out of 10. Sorry, I missed that. Oh, I can't believe it. Right, so here's number three on our list for today. This is SCP-1440. Why does that sound familiar, that number tag? I don't know. This is by uh, author d and it's called oh, it look, The Old it looks Man, like a man. Yeah, it just looks like a guy. Right, so let's get into it. Dematics. Yes. So what? Uh, item number, SCP-1440, object class Keta. Special Containment Procedures, SCP-1440 is currently uncontained and its location is unknown since its last containment breach. Uh-oh. 
Due to the nature of SCP-1440, the Foundation may not have the means to contain it without risking an unacceptable loss of resources and personnel. Until suitable containment procedures can be found, focus should be given to the location and surveillance of 1440 and to minimizing civilian exposure to it through the identification of its travel pattern. So whatever this thing is, it's mega powerful. Description. SCP-1440 is a man of unknown ethnicity and age. When questioned about its name, place, or time of birth, it will refuse to answer, although it is unclear if this is due to the subject being unwilling to share this information or not possessing it. The subject's appearance is that of an octogenarian. Is not shown what the hell is that? I think it's like eight, at least 80. Yeah, wow, what a very specific <laughs> name. It's... Never heard octogenarian. It has not shown any signs of aging in the 50 years since first coming to the attention of the Foundation. SCP-1440's anomalous nature becomes apparent once it comes in contact with human population or man-made objects and remains in contact with them for longer than a few days. It has an acute adverse effect on anything connected to humanity. Prolonged exposure of any man-made object or person to it will cause increasingly destructive events to occur in its vicinity until the destruction or death of said human element. The only exceptions to this are 1440 itself and its belongings. Its clothes, a sack made of unidentified material, a pack of worn playing cards, and a small glass cup. SCP-1440 appears to be aware of its effects on human populations and will attempt to avoid coming into contact with them wherever possible. Despite these intentions, it is compelled to travel in what seems to be a highly complex pattern which invariably leads it into contact with human population. The exact nature of this pattern has not yet been successfully analysed and it has not been able to provide any information concerning it. The subject is not actively hostile and will not resist attempts to contain it, although all such attempts have failed and led to a considerable loss of personal resources due to the aforementioned anomalous properties. Well, it would especially be fatal to the SCP Foundation because I would assume the easiest disaster to manifest around it containment would be, oh look, I accidentally broke out the other SCPs. Mm. That's interesting. So, SCP-1440 was first brought to the Foundation's attention when it approached Dr. Blank, a a researcher at Site Blank, on her commute to work. Oh, Dr. Tanhonet? I guess so. SCP-1440 showed unexplained knowledge of Dr. Tanhonet's work for the Foundation and requested her assistance. When she inquired about the nature of the assistance the subject required, it responded that it hoped the Foundation would be able to destroy him. It was then brought into Site-19 for questioning, which led to the destruction of the site, the deaths of three-digit personnel, and the destruction of six safe and nuclear-level SCP objects. Oh, I wonder what those SCPs were. Well, well, we'll never know now. Also, that's interesting because that implies that perhaps those SCPs were man-made. Mm. So all of our attempts at containing SCP-1440 have resulted in similar occurrences. So What's this guy's article name, by the way? The Old Man from Nowhere. Ah. So, addendum A. The following is an interview conducted with 1440 during the fourth attempt to contain it on Area 142. The log was being stored on a remote server, hence its survival. Okay, so which one do you want to be? Alright, I want to be the SCP. Okay. So I'll be Dr. Tanho. Yes. Following the arrival of 1440 to Area 142, personnel became complaining about severe headaches and nausea. In the next two days, three of the four on-site water purification filters broke down. The hangar collapsed, causing the multiple deaths of multiple airmen and Dr. Sam, previously in perfect condition, suffered a complete collapse of both kidneys and both lungs simultaneously. 
be in luck. <clears throat> Good afternoon, SCP-1440. And you, Doctor. Do you know why we brought you here? Of course I do, and applaud you for still attempting to contain me. But since your last three attempts, I came to realize you cannot help me. It would be best if you let me go, for your own good. The first brother is already standing behind you, Doctor. You would best hurry. You mentioned these brothers before, free if I recall correctly. Three, aye. Different, but one in the same. All cruel, all vengeful, all capable of holding a grudge for a long time. They are the cause of my misfortune, and therefore the cause of yours. <laughs> the second brother joins the first. Time is running short. Release me, or I cannot vouch for your safety. It might already be too late. I'm afraid I can't do that. Besides, you mentioned free brothers. If the third isn't here yet, we must have some time left. Oh, the third never appears. In that, he is crueler than both his brothers, for he knows his appearance is the only thing that will set me free. I have spent time untold searching for him, trying to return his prize and those I won from his brothers, but to no avail. <sighs> the second has his hands on your shoulders. It is too late now. Doom is never far behind the second. Before you perish, my poor child, allow me to give you a word of advice. Go ahead. Should you choose to challenge death to a game of cards for your life, there is one thing you must never do. And what is that? Win. Closing statement. At that moment, the on-site nuclear device stored in Area 142 detonated, despite multiple failsafes. Every 142 was destroyed and all on-site personnel were killed. SCP-1440 was spotted more than 3,000 kilometers away from Area 142's location a week following its destruction, suffering no apparent harm. After three additional containment breaches, attempts to contain SCP-1440 have been suspended indefinitely. And addendum B. Due to the growing size of human population and its rapid expansion into previously empty area, Areas even, SCP-1440 attested during its fifth containment that it is becoming increasingly difficult for it to avoid contact with humanity while still adhering to its compulsion. Analysis of the subject's travelling pattern is continuing, as are efforts to find a permanent containment procedure. So I assume in some way, that must be why he doesn't die or age, he's one against death, but uh, I guess the price is everything else dies around him. Hmm. And he can't die even if he wants to because nothing can kill him because he won against death. Oh wow, this is kind of a somber, sad article, but I hope I hope one day he can find the third brother and free himself. Mm. That that's probably a nine out of ten for me. Yeah, it's pretty Very good. Very somber. That. Very well written. I I like these SCPs that are more intellectual. They're not intellect you know what I mean, like capable of speaking and like yeah. even have some wisdom. Ones that browse Reddit, for example. Gotcha. <laughs> hey Redditors. Oh, man. Okay, so what's our last one? You said it was an 001 proposal. Yes, so today we're looking at uh, Dr. Clef's proposal. Dr. Clef? And this is by Dr. Clef. Isn't he the famous guy you won't show me any SCPs for, well, Tales I just, about? I just haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm, mm. 
How can you be a Euclid slash a Keter? I don't know. So, Is yeah. this like another power level rating? Well, let's have a look at the image first off. That's a good image there. Hang on. The last edit was two days ago, actually. Oh. Uh, let me check when this was made. 2008. So, yeah, this might have been a case of power level. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we jump into it? Yes. So, item number, SCP-001. Object class, Euclid slash Keter. Special containment procedures. Because of the nature of SCP-001, no containment procedures are necessary. 24-7 monitoring of 001 is to take place from a safe, 10km plus distance from a predetermined location, Site-0. The location of Site-0 is known only to the current SCP administrator, and the single overseer level agent of Abrahamic Faith, 0514, assigned to monitor SCP-01 from Site-0. Said agent is authorised to take any action necessary should 01 become active, and is required to immediately alert the administrator and all other overseer level agents should 01 show any change in behaviour, as this may constitute the beginning of a Patmos XK class end of the world scenario. So we know what an XK class is, that's extinction, but what's Patmos mean? I couldn't tell you. Hmm. I don't think I've seen it outside of this. Interesting. So should O1 become active in any way, personnel are required to immediately consult the Patmos series of emergency orders. Decoding algorithms for emergency order Patmos are to be maintained on site at site zero in the possession of the designated observer, and have been transmitted to SCP Foundation offices only in event of O1 becoming active. Foundation personnel with vital roles in one or more variants of emergency preacher procedure Patmos would be advised to take the following precautions. To maintain good relations with one or more organized Abrahamic faiths. So real quick, just from looking at the picture and the description of Abrahamic faiths, I take it this is one uh, variation of, of an angel of some kind. Mm. Yes, that seems pretty likely. Yes. To maintain on hand a supply of the following. Holy water, a rosary, crucifix, cross, prayer, rogue, or other symbol blessed by an Abrahamic cleric or bishop or equivalent higher rank, a copy of Abrahamic scriptures, Torah, Bible, Quran, and standard emergency supplies in mobile form. We'll get back. In the case of a premillennial rapture scenario, all vital personnel are to designate a secondary operative of non-Abrahamic faith. Said secondary operative is being formed at the location of the primary designate's copy of emergency preacher Patmos and mimetic ill agent inoculant and be kept on ready status to take over the primary's duties as necessary. I see. To maintain familiarity with all of the SCPs involved in possible Patmos XK class the end of the world scenarios. Okay. So let's get to the description. So I guess Patmos has something to do with Abrahamic religion. Hmm, seems like it. So, okay. SCP-001 is a humanoid entity, approximately 700 cubits in height, located in an undisclosed location near the intersection of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. The following uh, features so... are known about the entity. A number of luminous wing-like appendages emerging from the shoulders, back, temples, ankles and wrists of the entity. Although an accurate count has never been established, most observers place a number of wings at anywhere from 2 through 108, with a mean number being 4. A weapon, possibly a sword or knife, which is 01-2, the weapon appears to emit flames at a temperature rivaling that of the sun, based on spectrographic analysis, although there appears to be no destructive effect from the intense heat on the surrounding area. Any entity that approaches within one kilometer of O1 is immediately struck by the weapon and obliterated from existence. Oh. Any and all hostile actions taken towards O1 have resulted in the annihilation of the attacker, regardless of range. 
See Incident Report, Re-Engine Ocean Submarine Missile Experiment, December 26, 2004. So S- this is just you. This is an article about you. Yes, yeah, this, this is me. So <laughs> SCP-01 appears to be standing with its head bowed in a gesture of supplication, with 01-2 held in both hands pointed down in front of it. Since originally recorded by the founder over data redacted years ago, 01 has not deviated from this stance. Who's 001-2? That's the sword. Oh. So human beings exposed to 001 report hearing a voice in their heads, giving them a directive which the subject reports cannot be disobeyed. The most common directive is forget, which results in the subject walking away from 001 with no memory of having encountered it. On rare occasions, however, other directives have been given. The most famous of these is the one given to the founder. Prepare. Who's the, who's the founder? I assume he's the founder of the foundation. Oh. Which he has claimed formed the impetus for founding Data Redacted to catalogue and contain any and all supernatural and all paranormal artifacts that represent a serious threat to the current existence of humanity. This is the organisation now known as the SCP Foundation. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So another case for this being the first SCP and the reason they started the organisation. So, observers have reported that 01 appears to be standing in front of a gate of immense proportions. Long-range photographs have occasionally detected what appears to be a pastoral grove within, containing numerous other entities of the same composition of 01, as well as several fruit trees of unknown composition. I'm assuming the Garden of Eden. Mm, Eden. Of particular note are two fruit trees of immense proportion near what appears to be the centre of the grove. One, it is noted, appears to be an ordinary apple tree, although the other birds are fruit unknown on Earth, described as data expunged. Yep, Garden of Eden. So it's the avowed belief of the founder that the gate which 01 guards may be the gate to expunged, bit diverted, based on correlations of ancient Babylonian texts and the Dead Sea Scrolls. In which case, one can deduce that the entity known as 01 may be expunged. Damn. Yes, I'm da- I'm, I'm Tam. Tam? No, I said, I said damn. Sure you did. <laughs> uh, I did them 001 eh? So my throat is now actually just sort of compressing in on itself. Yare Yare Dad. One. Experiment A. One Class D personnel instructed to approach SCP 001 as closely as possible on foot. Result upon making visual contact with SCP 001, subject is ordered to leave. Subject immediately turns away from entity and walks away. Despite repeated orders to continue, the experiment Class D personnel refuses to obey and is terminated. Seems kind of rude. Upon termination of Class D personnel, all research staff involved are immediately obliterated by an unknown force, presumably 001-2. That's the sword, right? Yeah. Damn. Experiment B. One remote-operated research robot guided to approach SCP-001 from the ground. Result, upon approaching within one kilometers of SCP-001, research robot is obliterated, presumably by SCP-001-2. All further attempts at remote reconnaissance have the same result. Experiment C. 100 pre-programmed research drones instructed to approach 001 from multiple angles simultaneously. Result, coordination is successful and all 100 drones cross the one kilometer mark simultaneously. However, all 100 are simultaneously obliterated by SCP-001-2. Designated observer at Site-0 uh, reports that SCP-001-2 appeared to strike in all directions at once. Uh, 001 did not deviate from its stance while this took place. But they did cross the one kilometer mark. Yeah, they did. They did get over it. Uh, experiment D. Wire-guided missile fired from a distance of three kilometer. Uh, result, SCP... I like how the founder took its initiative to prepare the SCP Foundation, and their answer is try and kill this thing. 
Uh, 01-2 obliterates weapon upon crossing the one kilometer mark simultaneously obliterating the launch site and killing all personnel. Experiment E, multi-warhead intercontinental ballistic missile fired from SCP nuclear submarine, Nautilus. Result, see Indian Ocean submarine missile experiment, December 26, 2000. All right, real quick, what was 076 again? Uh, that's Able. Able. Interesting. I was, I was about to wonder about that. Experiment F. 076 and Task Force Omega-7 instructed to approach 001 on foot. Result, 076 refuses to carry out the mission despite not being informed of the mission's nature. Upon being asked why, it replies, no, just no. This was stable? Yeah. Okay, and what's 073? That's Kane. Oh, here we go. Uh, due to Experiment G, due to the results of Experiment F, 073 was not informed of his destination until arriving at Site-0. Result, 073 approached the site on foot upon seeing 001. 073 became distressed and asked to abort. 073 was ordered to continue. At that point, the symbol on its forehead became data expunged. Experiment was terminated due to data expunged. See addendum 001A. Oh, addendum 001A. By executive order of the administrator, no further experiments are to be carried out. Re SCP-001. No further SCPs are to be exposed to 001. 001 is not to be used to dispose of dangerous SCPs. Please see revised containment procedure for details. What the fuck happened to Kane? He went fucky, I guess. Go ahead. Okay, so I guess I'll do the uh, addendum. Uh, is your throat no longer collapsing in on itself? Yes. You sure? You can do it if you want. It's up to you. I just want you to be okay, buddy. I care about your health. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, so one uh. blank, blank, blank. The following errant transmission was received by Foundation personnel. I'm not sure. No, I'm not going to do it like that. Initiate emergency. Oh, you got it. Initiate emergency procedure. Patmos Omega. Attention, all Foundation personnel. The following message received approximately blank, 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 blank. This morning from Zite Zero, SCP-001 has left its location. The gate is open. They are riding forth. Oh God, it's so beautiful. The Lord reigns. Lord reigns. The Lord is God. The Lord is one. Yes. So, because of the events confluence of the recent breach of SCP-995. So that the funny thing about this is most of these SCPs are now different from what they were at the time of writing. So not all of them make sense in the references here. Wait, what do you mean? How did they become different? Well, because the old article got deleted for whatever reason. Now there's a new article on that number. So for the reason that's kind of bad. Yeah. So, so I I don't know how the reason. So I was about to say they said the activation of 098. I just clicked it. I didn't read it, but it just is a crab that says yes, save. So somehow these crabs activate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, okay. I think actually I actually read a tale where the interpretation of that is that they become like the locusts at the end of the world. Oh, that's kind of cool. So the opening of SCP-616 and the activation of 098, the Foundation is required to immediately begin preparations for an XK class end of the world scenario. 076 and 073 to be secured immediately. All personnel to unlock and declare emergency order Patmos Omega and follow all orders within. Site 19 is secured and all non-essential SCPs and personnel terminated and or destroyed. Repeat, because of this event's confluence of the recent breach of 995, opening of 616 and the activation of 098, Foundation of Belt again and again. So it repeats, it repeats, it starts to get fucky. And to be secured immediately, Kane, enable my two sons, I am coming, all personnel to unlock and decode, behold, I stand at the gate and knock, and if anybody is lost. So, on contacting Site-0, 0514 responded that no such message had been sent from his location that SCP-001 remained inert. The transmission was initially determined to be a hoax, however, close examination of the transmission revealed a timestamp dated data-redacted years in the future. It is theorised that data expunged. 
So this would be something that... Oh, you know what? This is new. There's a little tag at yeah, the bottom. Other that. popular works by this author. Wow, I know, I've never thought of plugging in this way. Dude, you should do that. That's wild. It's actually kind of cool. If only you were that clever. Oh, well. Wait, what's SCP-231? Have we already read that? Uh, yes, we have. Which one that was, was that again? the Scarlet King one. Scarlet King? It's with the, uh, the, 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 the bad thing they had to do. Oh, the Procedure 110 Montauk. Yeah. I didn't know that guy wrote this. You should have told me. I think I did tell you. It was a while ago, so you probably forgot. Posters. So what do you think of uh, Clef's proposal? I liked it a lot. I like the implication of the future. See, it's tricky because I also still pref- really like that one that was much simpler, but it was like a lot more... You know, like, not really scientific and kind of they were stumbling. Yeah. But I like them, obviously, for different reasons. You know, this wins This wins points with me because I do like uh, Christian lore, and I like the idea of, like, mythical tales based on that. Mm. Hence why I'm a big fight of, fan of the Adam fight in uh, uh, Record of Ragnarok. Wow, well, nice. Uh... I like it. It's it's fairly well written. Um, It's interesting, to say the least. Mm. But, um, sorry, I keep saying, um... I really wish we that Abel had been forced there because I just want to see what would have happened if he yeah. had been like no, no. I really, especially if Cain and Abel had gone together. Oh my god, final, that would have been cool. Final, but I understand why they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so old man, this is how it is. <laughs> but I also like the implication. It said it released these SCPs, um, and then. It was dated years in the future, so is that to say these SCPs will be the cause for the end of the world? Apparently, that's what the implication is, yeah. Yeah, too bad. Apparently, they're not the same as they once were. The crabs will take all. Crab activation. I, I just imagine the crab activation is the crab rave. Like, <laughs> humanity is gone. Do, 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 do. Uh, right. Yeah, I'll give this like a... I'll say 8 out of 10. Um, I know I gave the old man 9 out of 10. Not, I mean, I still think this is great, but just there are a couple things for me. Yeah. I, I feel like they spent a little too much detail on, um, on like, okay, we get it. No matter what you do, it can't be beaten. I wish we had gotten more out of other people's opinions on it, how other SCPs reacted to it, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a bit too much power level um, stuff. Yes. Um, but I still like it. I feel like it has a lot of potential. It's definitely an interesting 001 proposal. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it at that. Eight out of ten. Right, okay. With that, this uh, was a good day. Yeah, we've gone through a few good SCPs today. Quite a good yeah. uh, average. Um, what were your thoughts on them? Which one was your favorite today? My favorite, um, personally, is the the uh, submarine one. Yeah, I agree. That one's really, really good. So I gave it a ten out of ten. Good mystery. Good. It's, it doesn't give many answers, but it paints a good picture, I think. You know what? And this isn't just another attempt at me being mean to you, but I feel like if that had been an entry for SCP-5000, it would have done really well. Mm-hmm. If it had come later. Just like, because the theme was mystery, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it could have done really well. When it would, um, no. I would. Yeah, maybe, but I'm, I'm just saying. I feel like that would have been a really good one for that if it hadn't already been made. Right, okay. With that, I think uh, we've got this episode done. Sure. Well, wait, I wanted to hear more of your thoughts. Okay. Well, well are, are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Well, I thought okay, sorry. I've made this super awkward. <laughs> no, no. What, 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 what do you want my thoughts on? 
Uh, just uh, your thoughts on the 001. Like, out of the 001 proposals we've read, which one, out of the ones we've read, because I know you might have a favorite, is, like, your most closely you would call canon. The ones we've read are, are the the one that's, like, very fresh and beginny. There's this one, and then what was the third one? I don't think you've read a third one yet. Oh, it was just that one we read? Yeah. All right, so out of those two, which one do you prefer as, as I canon? would say, as in part of my head canon, I would say the Dr. Gears one. Just because mm-hmm. this one, I agree. it sort of limits the SCP universe a bit to like, it was all a Christian mythological thing yeah. in totality. The the other thing that really limits me about this is they talk about the end of the world, but remember that tale about the Marianas Trench? Yeah. End of the world scenarios kind of lost their feel after that hmm. um, for me. It's just like, oh, they'll always come back. So for me, something like, wow, this is the true origin of the Foundation is much more enticing in the headcanon than um something that relies on fatalism and like the true end so to speak yeah so the beginning of foundation is more interesting for you yes just in terms of an 001 not necessarily that this scp is Hmm. less interesting than that one or anything but as for a proposal i kind of prefer that angle yeah but i mean who knows you have two 001s so we'll have to read those sometime yeah, so uh, maybe one day, yes. Question, do you view either of your O01s as your headcanon truth for O01? Um, not really, if I'm honest, which is strange. No, that's fine, that makes sense. Because you're the one who wrote it, so it feels the least mystical, because you know all the stuff behind it in your thought process. Yeah. I think part of the charm of SCPs, you know, as important as writing and contributing is, is reading someone else's and not knowing everything and like having that element of mystery as compared to something you yeah. wrote yourself. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Good day. Um, and you guys know where to find us. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts in the comments about the SCPs we've read. Which one was your favorite? What would you rate them personally? Stuff like that. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, Boris WW is a real one. You always comment. We love you. But if any of you other guys have some stuff you'd like to share, please, by all means, uh, slap it down in the comments below if you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and uh, thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Bye.